0: Good
1: morning. I'm Brandon. I'm Jackson. And I'm Steven.
0: Today we'll be talking about catalysts of change.
1: One example of a good catalyst of change is Pele. Pele was born October 23, 1940 in Brazil. He was born into a poor family and overcame this by beginning to play soccer, following in his father's footsteps. When Pele first started off playing soccer, he played in a smaller league and was then noticed by larger leagues when he began to do very well. Eventually he made it on the Brazilian national team and began being one of the most well known well-known soccer players in the world. Pele showed change by telling people that were also born in a poor family so they could make it by working hard for what they believed in. He gave people he gave the people of Brazil hope.
0: He also gave people in other countries in lower income hope. He gave younger children in low income cities the fact that they could be anything that they wanted to be when they grew up. They didn't have to be categorized into one group. He gave them hope, and he gave them the fact that if they put in hard work, they felt that they could be anything that they wanted to be.
2: Pelé also struggled with many racial issues because of the color of his skin.
0: During the
1: time, Brazil was a very racist country, and the fans of his opposing teams often attacked him after the games or even during the games about his color of his skin when he grew when he got older he eventually decided to ignore these comments and didn't decide to take part in any anti-racism movements Pelé in his later years was married to a white woman which was an example of how Brazil how far Brazil had come in improving its racial issues Brazil has has greatly improved its racial issues to this day but it still remains a very racist country
0: by the time Pelé had retired from the game of soccer. He had been officially known as one of the greatest of all time, maybe the greatest of all time. And to this day, in 2016, he still is. The fact that one man, and not even a political figure or a huge religious figure like the pope, or not the president, not a governor, just a professional soccer player could change an entire country like that is just amazing to me.
1: It really was amazing how he inspired the other kids in his community who grew up in a poor environment and was able to lead by example and show people that if they worked hard for something, they could do it.
0: Also, not only did he just inspire kids, he might have changed adults' lives by them hearing his story and stuff like that. I mean, now, it's a fact that many good Brazilian soccer players are found in impoverished communities and were born into poverty.
1: Most of these players were also some of the Brazilian national team's best players they had in history, Pele being one of them.
0: Yeah, and being poor in Brazil at the time was very was a very hard hole to get out of, and it still is, but Pele rising to the top of the social and economic pyramid so fast just showed that it was possible to get out of poverty and that you didn't have to stay in that certain that, that uh, you didn't have to stay in that certain grip that the government or
2: yeah that another example of calls of change are the Mirabal sisters. The Mirabal sisters were four sisters that lived in the Dominic, in the Dominican Republic during the Trujillo regime. Uh, the first sister was went by the name of Patria Mercedes Mirabal Reyes. She was the eldest of the sisters, and when she was 14, she was sent to a Catholic boarding school by her parents. When she turned 17, she left the school and married Pedro Gonzalez, who was a farmer and who also helped her in her in what she did later in, in life. Patria is quoted as saying, We cannot allow our children to grow up in this corrupt and tri- tyrannical regime. We have to fight against it, and I am willing to give up everything, even in my life, if necessary. Second sister was Maria Argentina Minerva Mirabal Reyes, the third daughter born. She followed Patricia to the Collegio Immaculada Concepción, which was the name Catholic boarding school, which was the name of the Catholic boarding school they went to. After she graduated from there, she enrolled to the University of Santo Domingo. After she studied law there, but was so she studied law there but was not denied a license to practice because she denied Trujillo's romantic advances. At the university, she met her husband, Manuel Tavares Justo. She was arrested and harassed on multiple occasions on orders given by Trujillo. She is quoted as saying, It is a source of happiness to do whatever can be done for our country that suffers so many anguishes. It is said to say that it is said to say with one's arms crossed. The third sister was Antonio Maria Teresa Mirabal Reyes. She was the youngest of she was the youngest of the four daughters. She went to the same boarding school as her sisters. After she graduated from the clath- from the Catholic boarding school, she enrolled in the Liceo San, Fr- San Francisco de Macoros. She then went to she then went on to graduate from the University of Santo Domingo, where she studied mathematics. After she completed her education, she married Leonon Leon. Leandro Guzman, Antonio was also arrested and harassed on direct orders from Trujillo. She once said, perhaps what we have most near is death, but that idea does not frighten me. We shall continue to fight for what for that which is just. The fourth sister was Belgica Adela Mirabal Reyes. She was the second oldest of the four sisters and the only survivor of the trio regime. She married young to her cousin, Jamita Reyes, who she later divorced. She stayed away from most political relations with her sisters to keep herself and her three kids safe from Trujillo's regime.
1: Okay, go.
2: Together, the other three sisters that took part in the political arena in the Dominican Republic created a group called the Movement of the 14th of June. The group dist- distributed pamphlets about the many people Trujillo had killed. They also obtained materials for guns and bombs to use when they eventually openly revolted. Minerva and Maria Teresa were incar- incarcerated but were not tortured thanks to mounting international opposition to Trujillo's regime. their and, Patria, and patria's husbands, who were also involved in the underground activities, were incarcerated at La Victoria Penitentiary in, Santa, in Santo Domingo. The three sisters that took part in the political arena at, in the Dominican Republic. Uh, died on November twenty fifth, nineteen sixty. The three sisters and their driver, Rufino de la Cruz, were visiting Maria Teresa and Minerva's incarcerated husbands. On the way home, they were stopped by Trujillo's henchmen. The sisters and de la Cruz were separated and clubbed to death. the bodies were then gathered and put in their jeep, which was run off the mountain road in an attempt to make their deaths look like an accident. The three sisters were catalysts for change because. They fought against, they rebelled against one of the most powerful men in their country at the time, and they didn't care who they were or what kind of backgrounds they had. They just fought for what they thought was right, and that, I think that inspired many people in their country to rebel against him, and eventually, later, after their deaths, that they, he was assassinated. I think that the three sisters played a huge part in that.
0: Yeah, I think it's just amazing how the three sisters basically paved the way for a better life of the people of the Dominican Republic.
1: Yeah, I also agree how seeing after they went to prison multiple times for trying to stand up against their leader, they still came back every time to fight and revolt against him and inspire people to do what they believe in and fight for what they can It really shows how they overcame adversity on their path to revolt against this.
0: Another great example of a catalyst of change would be Enrique Nieto, who is the 62nd and current president of Mexico. He has four children by the names of Paulina Pina Pretolini, Alejandro Pina Pretolini, Nicole Pina Pretolini, and Diego Pina Diaz with two wives. He's fifty years old and his presidential term started in two thousand twelve and it's still going on. This is his final year. And he came over he came under fire for many political issues such as the El Chapo escape and a huge economic drop. He also came under fire for plagiarizing a college essay, which is the same essay that basically got him his law degree in college. And there were several riots and protesters and websites that said he should have his master's degree and his law degree revoked. And a petition with about 300,000 people signed, which 300,000 people signed for Nieto to have his law and his master's degrees nullified. His political career started when he became the secretary of the CNOP during the 90s and left in 1993. He became the chief of staff for the secretary of economic development in the state of Mexico during Emilia- Schwafet's term as governor. 1999 to 2000, Niete served as a sub-secretary of government. He was also the financial sub-coordinator of the political campaign of Montel Rojas and was elected as the deputy of the 13th local district in 2003. Enrique Nieto was sworn in as the governor of Mexico on September 15th, 2005. During his campaign, he signed 608 promises in front of a notary to convince voters that he would be a good leader. By 2006, his administration carried out 141 projects, making it Nieto's most active year as governor. And people started to believe in him as governor since he came in on most of his promises, which, which caused people to believe in him even more than they already did when they first elected him. And you know, if you've been watching the elections for the past 20 years or other stuff like that, that a lot of candidates don't come in on promises they make they just do that to get elected near the end of his stint as governor nieto had claimed that his murder that the murder rate of mexico dropped but his claim was proven wrong and that the rate of murder was just being measured differently and that's when people started to get angry he ran for president in 2011 to 2012, and was sworn into office on December 1st, 2012. Many people were upset over the outcome of the election and started to riot in the street. Enrique Nieto was a catalyst of change because he showed how a partially good governor could be corrupt as well. He made some people angry and pleased others. He came in on the mo- on the majority of the promises he stated during his campaign. When, when, when running for governor. and He also did the same during his presidential campaign. The manufacturing business in Mexico flourished under Nieto's regime, I guess you could say. But he also paid attention to the people in lower income cities, stuff like that. Nieto was a catalyst of change because he showed other people importance just as well as the more affluent people in Mexico. Thank you and goodbye.